Let's just do like a fun Canadas Pinball podcast today. How's that sound? I feel like everything's been so heavy lately. And let's just take some of that weight off our shoulders and talk about the pinball hobby. We'll talk about news and rumors going on in pinball. Uh, We'll talk about people's responses a little bit to the Raza game. Who's got the licensing rights to Rick and Morty? Uh, Dutch Pinball's got a new apron on the game. Lots going on and somewhat it also feels like not much at all is going on in the pinball world. Uh, But here's where I want to start. Here's where I want to start. I just want to answer some of the critics And I have some critics. You'd be surprised. I have some people that don't agree with what I do. I have some people who thought that what I'm doing with the Big Lebowski sale, I went about it all wrong. Now, let me let me first say that majority of people, majority of people are like, I think it's good what you're doing. I support it. I think it's a classy act. And I couldn't agree more with those people. Right. Um, But some people feel like no money is coming out of your pocket, Chris, if you do it this way. What are you really doing? And I'll just say this. Everybody on planet Earth knows I could sell a Big Lebowski for more than $12,500, okay? I already have offers, $16,000, Some guy on eBay wants to give me $16,000 for it tomorrow. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I sold it for $18,000 and I put that money in my pocket, does it then become my money by which I can decide what to do with? And if I take that amount of money over the 12.5 and donate it to Project Pinball, is that not my money going to Project Pinball? See, here's the thing. I don't really care. I know what I'm doing is the right thing. I know the money is going to go to a good cause. And I'm not going to let you naysayers rain on this, this, uh, you know, this fundraiser. You know, no good deed goes unpunished, especially in the age of the internet in which everyone has to send me like, you know, write these long-winded emails. Save, save your energy. Save your time. I think this is a great way to get rid of this game. Someone gets a game. Project Pinball gets some money. It's a win-win for everybody, okay? All right, so that being said, just don't forget, we're going to accept bids on this game all the way up till Sunday, December 8th. So if you want a big Lebowski, uh, you know, hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, I did learn through this the power of a theme. And, and more and more, I get people who Facebook chat me and say, hey, I'm really interested in this game. Okay. And then the second thing I always ask people is, Hey, do you, do you know anything about pinball? And you'd be surprised how many people just love the big Lebowski so much. I don't know how Facebook algorithm works, but people see that it's for sale and they're like, no, I I don't know anything about pinball. And then they always ask the second question, how much is the big Lebowski pinball? And I don't know about you, but because we're so used to witnessing you know, the escalating prices of the pinball world, the, the common man and common woman out there in the world probably thinks that pinball machines cost like 1500 bucks. 
And I always, I always sort of like am so nervous to tell people the actual price of a machine. So if someone says like, well, what's the big Lebowski? And if I said, hey, 15, they'd be like, oh, 1500, here you go. No, $15,000 is, is probably where the conversation would even begin if you want to get into the ballpark of getting one of these games right now. And I also, you know, I got a guy and he wants to put it like in his restaurant. And I'm like, dude, if you've never bought a pinball machine before, I need to call you and walk you through the entire storyline here because I don't know, I, I don't like to be one of those guys who sells something to someone and they have no idea what they're getting into. This isn't just a normal machine with normal customer service and a normal history, right? There's a lot that goes with it. All right. Okay. So let's move on. Um, look, I, I know I had the Pinside podcast post. My last or my last podcast was about Pinside yanking it down. And I, and I you look, they're just they're just never going to let me have anything with my name attached to it. And that's cool. We'll sell this game without Pinside. I'm, I'm not worried about that. All right. And don't forget, if you want a Batman Super LE, this one for sale. You know, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to sort of cleaning the slate. Of, of what I've got invested in pinball and starting over in 2020. Now, another thing I'm going to do to just clean the slate and clean clean house on Canada's Pinball Podcast and, and Chris's engagement with pinball, I'm also going to air, I've just come to this conclusion, I'm going to air the Lost Jarrett interview that I did with him. About a year and a half, it's probably like two years old right now. We I talked to Jarrett over at Stern, and then Stern Pinball listened to it and said they did not want it to be aired. I'm going to air it. And I think when you hear it now, two years later, it's not going to be relevant because I think we talk about games that are two years old. I, I think you're going to laugh when you hear this interview and you realize that this made Stern nervous. I think the one thing they really got nervous about was Steve Ritchie calling Pinside a cancer. Uh, now that Robert Mueller has called it a sewer, uh, maybe maybe it's time that we, we use a new adjective to describe the site. Okay, so what else is going on in the pinball world? Let's talk about, since we talk about theme, Rick and Morty. Uh, someone is making a Rick and Morty pinball machine. Now, who is it? Is it Scott Denise's next game or is it Stern Pinball's next game? Or could it possibly be, the other one that it could possibly be is American Pinball's next game. Now, here's what I, here's what I want to tell you right now. I don't care who makes a Rick and Morty game. I It's probably the easiest theme for me to pass on out of all the themes that I've ever heard thrown out there as possible pinball themes. And, you know, it's like Guns N' Roses, give it to me. Toy Story, give it to me. Uh, you know, Star Wars, give it to me. Batman, give it to me. And Rick and Morty, ah, uh, what? Who, who, like, what? you know, and, and look, I'm not here to tell you it's not a popular show because it does have a following. Uh, but I was reading a Mashable story about Rick and Morty's popularity. And, and I've never seen a single episode of Rick and Morty. So I'm not going to tell you it's good or bad. I, I don't know. I have absolutely no frame of reference. Uh, but, but the audience for this is a younger audience. It's a more millennial audience. And I'll, and, and I'll tell you right now, guess who doesn't have money to buy pinball machines? A younger millennial audience. So it really is a head scratcher that anyone would make this theme uh, and, and want to get sales out of it. It reminds me of when Ben Heck was like, Futurama would do great. Nah. You know, it's like those, it, it's sort of in that realm of Bob's Burger, Futurama, Rick and Morty. Definitely, definitely a niche theme if there ever was one. 
And then the people who actually do enjoy it don't buy pinball machines. So it's a little bit of a double whammy, but we know that someone is going to make this game. So the question I have for you, the listener, and we talk a lot on this show about market research. So what market research did someone do to land at Rick and Morty as being the next game? I don't know. I don't know how you can correlate the fans of that show with the kinds of people that buy pinball machines. And if you did a survey of, of what people want to own, I, I can't imagine Rick and Morty would be at the top of anyone's wish list. And oftentimes when people would write into different threads, here's my dream themes, I, I never really saw Rick and Morty come up. Uh, very often. So it's coming or it's, it's or someone has the license for it. So we'll see when it actually does happen. Now, what is Stern's next game if it's not Rick and Morty? Now, it might be Rick and Morty because I did hear from someone that Stern's next game is a head scratcher and Rick and Morty does make me want to scratch my head. Okay. I don't think we're going to see Stern's next game until CES, which is the first week in January. That seems to be the most likely place to bring the game. Now, I think it would be a home run if Stern rocked into CES with Stranger Things by Brian Eddy. I mean, wouldn't that be like the best place to bring that game and the best forum in which to release it to the world? I, I just think to make Stranger Things the right way, you're going to need to have all the assets from the TV show to do it right. And I don't know. I don't know. We haven't really seen Stern give us you know, the kinds of assets we want in these themes lately, but we know they can do it. They did it with Star Wars. I always fall back on that because Star Wars is one of the most popular franchises and expensive franchises, and Stern gave us everything we wanted with, with Star Wars in terms of the assets. Now, how they assemble those assets, that's a whole nother story that we're not going to go down that road. All right, so there's new news today from the world of Dutch pinball, and a newsletter went out from Barry showing people a promising bunch of photos of Big Lebowski production happening over there in the Netherlands. Now we're seeing, you know, games on an assembly line. We're seeing the new apron that he's giving to the early achievers who buy one of these new games. And it's a backlit apron uh, for the game that only early achievers get if they buy one of these new games at $12,500. So you're $21,000 into the game and you get one right now with a special apron with the hope of getting one down the road. The main question right now that everyone has is how will these games hold value if they make 200, 300, 400? Will they all be worth $12,500? And I just want to say, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm selling a big Lebowski. I do. I think these games are going to hold their value uh, for a few reasons. One, there's only going to be about like four to 500 games in total if they ever figure this thing out. So if you think about it like that, and there's only one version of the game. So imagine if Stern only made 400 Ghostbusters or Stern only made 400 Elviras. Like, nope, there's no pro version of the Big Lebowski. There's no premium. It's just this one version with everything in it. And if if the, I think the theme is popular enough within the demographic for pinball uh, that these games would hold their value. Now the question, the question obviously becomes, 
Uh, how long is it going to take to make that many games? And will interest in this game remain strong uh, if it's going to take them a year or two to, to complete these orders? The other question I have is if you're an early achiever, why do you? What do you do with the second game you get? Right? You're, I mean, people forget that you're 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 21 grand in on one title now, with hopes that you get a second title. But why does anybody need two of the same game? So I think that's another. Uh, you know, it's like I know people really want it, but no one's ever had to do this before. Buy their game again with the promise of getting two of them. So kind of strange, never really happened in the history of pinball. And the final question that we all have, and, and I don't know if we'll ever get the answer, is where's the money coming from? Like, who's financing this thing right now? Do you care? I, I kind of just want to see them figure this thing out. I would love people to get their games. I'm always skeptical, though, because when I see these photos, it does remind me a lot of Highway Pinball. Because remember, remember Highway Pinball. What was the one thing we never saw? in any of the photos normally when Andrew was trying to convince us production was going on. You don't see people. Anyone can stage a manufacturing photo, but people are real. <laughs> you have to have people there who are working on the games. Who's there? Who's working on these games? It's one thing for a couple people to build a few games and put them in a box, but if you're going to try to build a few hundred, then you need labor. And you need people there. And so I would love to see a video of what production looks like. I would even love to just see how many cabinets do they have. Can't build a game without cabinets. I see a bunch of boxes stacked on top of each other. Um, but I don't see people. I don't see a bunch of cabinets. So we'll see. We'll see what they can pull off with this, with this new like third or fourth time trying to make the Big Lebowski. A lot of people are talking about the Deep Root interview we did with Robert Mueller, and I think we covered Raza in, in a nice way. I, I, I think we got three different points of view on the game. We got from a beginner player, an advanced player, and the guy who's running the company. So I, I, I really feel glad about the variety of coverage that you got with 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 Raza with with Canada's Pinball Podcast and I've enjoyed listening to other pinball podcasts deconstruct the interviews we've done with people uh, and with people's videos and with people's gameplay experiences from the Houston Expo and and I will say this I'm a little shocked at some of the feedback mainly the feedback around the ramp because I still after watching all the videos and hearing all of the analysis, I think people are missing a few things, okay? I think people are missing the fact that even though this is a prototype, everything that is on that play field is pretty much finalized in terms of the mechs and the ramps and the way the game plays, I don't think is really going to change at all. And so if you listen, the stuff that's going to change is the art package and the code and the cabinets that 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 house these games but will that ramp change and i'm also just so surprised that so many of us who have played pinball for years who understand what makes a game great are now like almost excusing i think just a fundamental design flaw in a game i've never heard a designer say that a ramp is purposely meant to be difficult to make. 
I mean, that, that does, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't seem to make sense because a ramp that is purposely difficult to make is frustrating. It's not fun. And we've heard from so many people from the show, it's not fun having a ramp in a game that is stop and go that you can't nail over and over again if you're a precise shooter. So something has to give. They have to listen to this feedback. And I think they have to address that ramp issue. The other part I just don't understand, and this is just, I've spent like a week just mulling this over a little bit. If you go back and look at the whole reason why people gravitated towards Raza and John's games, it's because of how beautiful they were. It's because of the amazing art packages. That's what he reeled people in with. So then now they're telling us that they don't want people to buy the games based on the art. They want them to buy them based on the games. But this doesn't visually look nearly as spectacular as what we saw with Zidware. It just you just have to Google image search Raza and Zidware and put these two side by side and you tell me which one pops. But again, again, the the get out of jail free card on everyone's opinion on everyone's feedback the get out of jail free card is that it's just a prototype and and I, I don't know like at some point at some point it's not going to be right and that's 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 coming in March uh, but I, I, I do think they got a lot of good feedback and they need to listen to it all right what else is going on in the pinball world oh Oh man, the Twippies are coming up and I listened and I heard that the Twippy committee, which I am not a part of, I am not a part of the Twippy committee, they have convened and they are doing something new this year. It, this is actually good. It's going to make it easier for people to vote. When you have your write-in sections, you know, like best pinball podcast, best pinball tournament, best pinball venue, anything where you write in your answer. And, and we've been part of the write-in category for Best Pinball Podcast. What they're going to do this year is they're going to ask people, I believe starting December 1st, is they're going to ask people to write in what they want to see in those categories. And then they are going to aggregate the top responses and I think the top 10 responses and make those part of the drop-down category so when you go on to vote, um, we will be an actual selection, Canada's Pinball Podcast. I think that's great because I can't imagine how many votes we must have lost because people spelled Canada wrong. It's also going to just be interesting to see all the top 10 pinball podcasts because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. But I look forward to it. Award season is always fun. Uh, Jeff and the Twippy staff do a great job of putting the show together. And it always is a fun time of year celebrating the best of the best in the pinball industry so it is going to be really cool and I, and I look forward to seeing all the different categories and all the different things happening uh, and, and encapsulating an entire an entire year's worth of pinball uh, in, in in that voting because it's great you get to see like oh yeah those were all the games that came out last year those were the best art packages those were the best mods those were the best uh, you know designs the best themes and it's just cool to sort of see an entire year's worth of pinball in one place in which we also can vote and then celebrate the best of the best in the industry. 
Speaking of Pinball Podcast, now we are finally, it seems like, going to get Christopher Franchi's podcast with Ed Vanderveen and Dr. Pin. The three of them are teaming up to do a Pinball Podcast show. Uh, and I, I forget what the, the, the name is. It, it's not the Super Duper Extra Awesome. It's something similar to that. And it's the Pinball Podcast uh, we all deserve. Uh, I look forward to hearing it. I, I've loved hearing how Christopher Franchi does really cool stuff with his production quality and podcast. I think he's got a great radio voice. Uh, and, and I think he, he, he shoots from the hip. And you know me, I just love people who are candid and just tell it like it is. And I think he's one of those gentlemen. Uh, he might not tell us what he thinks about Chicago Gaming Company, but the good news is he's working with Chicago Gaming Company, and almost all of the news that comes out of CGC is is really positive news. So that that's that's going to be interesting to see how they uh you know how that show materializes. Uh, can't wait to check it out. All right, we have to congratulate Jersey Jack Pinball on shipping. Uh, Willy Wonka Collector's Editions. Now, I saw an unboxing of one where it has the single coin slot, so that went over to Europe somewhere. Uh, but these games are going out. Richie Wrench is going to get his game soon, is going to get his coin door powder-coated, that nice candy apple red. Uh, but the games are on the line. You can order one now. And they are beautiful. I, I, I won't lie. I love the way the game looks. I still think Jersey Jack games aesthetically are sexy, sexy machines. Absolutely. I can't wait to see Guns N' Roses. I can't. I can't wait to see Eric's follow-up game. You know, to me, Eric is really, I think, the future of Jersey Jack Pinball. It's not Pat Lawler. It's not. It's Eric. He has shown us that he is an original thinker, that he has new designs, that he mechanically is pushing the envelope in pinball. And then I think he approaches these games without any legacy other than the legacy he's trying to create for himself right now. I think we all agree we need young talent in this hobby. We need new people in this hobby. It doesn't excite me when we keep hearing the same designers from the 90s who haven't worked in pinball since the 90s just getting picked up and told to keep making the same thing and, and they, they must still approach it like it's 1995. I don't see many of them approaching it like it's 2019, right? Like what are you seeing in Raza that feels like a 2019 thing that, that couldn't have been done? That's actually a good question to stand over these new games. Could this have been done in, in 1995? Or did you do something that feels like innovative and new and original? All right, we've seen so much before. We don't want to look back. I want to look forward. And Guns N' Roses is interesting because you're like, well, what, what mechanically can you put into this game that's going to be reflective of the rock man Guns N' Roses? You know, how is he going to bring it to life? I always thought the coolest thing I would do, this is what I would do. I would, if I was designing a music pin, I would make the back of the play field a, an elevated stage, okay? And I would have it be all about creating almost like you're looking at, the, at a miniature version of the Guns N' Roses stage in the back of the game. And the whole goal of the game is to get the band through an entire concert. And before you play the game, you set the set list. All right, so you got to get through the 15 modes in whatever order you want to do it. Do you want to start with Jungle? Do you want to go to It's So Easy? Do you want to go to Mr. Brownstone, Live and Let Die? I don't know. I thought that would be really cool. 
to do it that way. Maybe you have to collect all the band members first and then they pop up on stage. Slash comes out from underneath the stage kind of like when he comes out from underneath the water in the Estranged music video. Here's what I hope. I hope that these guys are diehard Guns N' Roses fans as well because when you're making something like this, there are just a lot of nuances that if you didn't grow up like just just infatuated with Guns N' Roses, you might miss some of the creative elements you might drop into this pen. Uh, but when will we see Guns N' Roses from Eric? You know, Jack's timing, if you look at it, it's a little bit delayed. And we all know that the playfield issues have caused somewhat of a delay with him. He definitely was not anticipating that. Uh, but if you were to ask me, it just seems like TPF is going to once again be the moment in which we see Guns N' Roses from Jersey Jack Pinball. Now, if he were smart, I would, you know, Guns N' Roses is big. I mean, whenever people are like, oh, no, you know, I don't know how popular that's going to be. It would make more sense to not reveal it at TPF. I mean, you, I'd want to reveal it. I'd want to reveal it with Rolling Stone or a big music outlet and start there and, and, and get the word out. Now, the great thing is this. When Guns N' Roses uh, sort of markets this, they're going to have a humongous fan base. To, to promote this with like this if you think about it like this if you think about it like this this will reach more eyeballs than any other jersey jack pinball machine ever uh, and i mean that because guns and roses has an active audience worldwide now if you think about it if you have the wizard of oz are is there a wizard of oz facebook page that has the amount of people into it right nope okay the hobbit Movies that people really didn't like. Who are you reaching when you have the Hobbit pinball machine and 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 people are sort of sour on the film because the films weren't that good, right? You're not really waking that many people up. Dialed in, you reach nobody. Nobody. Like there, there's no pre-existing dialed in fans. So you're really relegated to only pinball fanatics and maybe Pat Lawler fans, which is next to nothing. Like a few thousand people might care. But when you make a Guns N' Roses pinball machine, there's millions of people that love this band and care about this band. Millions of people. Way more, and it's way more relevant, and they're, they're currently way more relevant even than Willy Wonka. I mean, remember, Guns N' Roses just announced that they made 540 or $550 million on their last tour that is currently still going on. And the rumor is they have a new album coming out Sometime in the next year or so, I never believe that. They never release albums. That's part of Guns N' Roses' entire, like, as a fan, that's all I ever do is get my hopes up for new albums. But you know what I'm saying is when Jersey Jack gets this game out, I think he's going to realize that this this could possibly be the strongest-themed Jersey Jack game to date. Again, you might disagree with me, but I'm telling you, when it comes to engaging people that will you know, are on the receiving end, right? How many of you were like watching Wizard of Oz all the time or watching Willy Wonka? I bet you were playing Guns N' Roses in your car when you're driving. I bet you hear it when you watch a football game on the weekends. This band has more of a an engaged audience than those other themes from Jersey Jack Pinball. So that being said, question is, how will this sell in 2020 for Jersey Jack Pinball? Well, if Eric can mechanically do some really interesting things with this game and the art package is stellar 
we know the songs are incredible. I mean, Guns N' Roses doesn't have a lot of albums, which is good because then everything that makes its way into the game is going to be like one of their hit songs. Because out of all the bands, I always think GNR had quality over quantity. So you're going to have like November Rain, Paradise City, Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, you know, Estranged, Knocking in Heaven's Door. I don't know if they're going to have that one because it's Bob Dylan, but they're definitely going to have Live and Let Die. Uh, then there'll probably be some stuff from Chinese Democracy. Probably, just, hopefully, hopefully just a couple songs from Chinese D. Um, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to sound amazing. I also think like out of all the games Jersey Jack has made, let's be honest, they've all been sort of PG, uh, you know, not really hitting the pinball demo properly. Like they haven't been for men. And I'm just going to say it like pinball's demographic is majority of people are men ages 40 to 60. Guns N' Roses hits that sweet spot. I mean, Jack's been making games basically for families. And I think this is the first game he's making that is targeted and and, and is going to appeal to more men and the masculine side of, of the hobby. Now, the good news is, too, Guns N' Roses has, has appeal across both men and women. And their music is is more popular than a lot of the other music pins we've seen come out in the world. Uh, but music pins also are a little bit limiting because you don't have a narrative. You don't have a storyline. Interesting because Guns N' Roses as a band has a very distinct narrative. There's no way they're going to go down that road because the Guns N' Roses narrative is not really a positive one. So I think it would be cooler to do it about like, you know, trying to get Guns N' Roses on stage and to perform their entire set. Could be kind of funny because that always was a challenge for, for the people that were managing Guns N' Roses over the years. So I think we'll see that in March, Guns N' Roses. And then Toy Stories, those two, man. Jack, I know you think I'm a terrible person, but I would love to buy Toy Story and Guns N' Roses if they knock it out of the park. And that's one of the reasons why I just want to free up my capital. I think Batman 66 is a phenomenal game. I've loved it over the last two years, but I'm ready to pass it on to someone else who wants to enjoy Batman and wants the best version of Batman 66, okay? And I'm looking forward. I, I, I'm looking forward to staring at a blank wall in my bedroom and wondering what am I going to put there? What is going to be good enough to get my money and put in that spot? Will it be Medieval Madness Remake Royal Edition? Will it be Guns N' Roses? Will it be Raza? What will it be? I love it. I love not knowing, right? Versus just buying everything and then trying to figure out if I like it or not. I'm not one of those guys. I, 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 to be honest, I can't afford to be one of those guys. I can't. I can't afford to take two, three thousand dollar losses on on a game if I don't like it, and then it's really hard to move. It's also really annoying for me to move a game into my apartment. It takes a lot of work. I don't have you know a, a big basement. You can't just pull your pickup truck, you know, right in front of my my house. I, I have to take an go up some stairs, take an elevator. I have to take the door off the hinges to get the game into the bedroom. It's annoying. It's a lot of work. And I also don't like having to like pack up games and get them out of here. It's 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 an all-day affair, okay? But I am really excited to just see what 2020 has in store for us with pinball. And I think there's going to be a lot of titles and themes and mechanisms and pinball games that are going to try and win us over and try to be the new classics in pinball. 
So what better way to do it than just to have money in the bank and wait to see what comes out? So I, I really look forward to 2020 and not having anything other than the ability to put a fresh new game inside my home, okay? All right, so everyone, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. I, it's Thanksgiving this week, and we all have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, we all should be thankful that we're still here and kicking. We have our friends and our family to be thankful for. We have all these pinball companies that we should be thankful for are still making games in 2019 into 2020. I think it's almost crazy that this hobby has more manufacturers now than ever before. Unbelievable. This this hobby should be pretty much dead by now and it's alive and kicking. So lots to be thankful for. I'm thankful for all of you who listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast. I really do appreciate each and every one of you who tunes in. Whether or not you can stand me or not, I think that you take the time to at least hear me out. Okay, And I hope all of you have an amazing Thanksgiving with your families. I say that now because I, I am going to take off a few days and not come back on the airwaves until probably sometime over the weekend or Monday. Uh, I just want to unwind. I, I want to spend time with those who mean the most to me. And newsflash, it's, it, it's not you guys. You're, you come in a, as a close second. Uh, but I really just want to bond with, with my family and spend quality time with Bubba, uh, visit my mom. Um, and, and just see people out there. Hopefully, get to see you know my brother and and just do stuff this this holiday weekend uh, that is outside of the world of pinball. And then next week, you know, we're gonna hit the phones hard. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do as much as we can to raise as much money for that big Lebowski, so we can write as big of a check as we can to Project Pinball. Uh, and we're gonna have new 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 guests coming on the show soon as well. I I told you that Bill Webb was coming on from Special When Lit. He is still going to come on. He he had a just delay because of personal reasons, uh, but he is gonna come on the show. Uh, I here's what I'll do. I'll air for you the Jarrett Lost interview during uh, the next few days, so you have another Canada's Pinball podcast to listen to to fill your free time. How's that sound, everyone? Have an amazing Thanksgiving. Thank you again for all you do and for all the time you give me uh, to, to talk to you about pinball. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs>